0: I bring you greetings this morning in the name of Jesus, the one who we were talking about in the Sunday School lesson this morning. The title of my meditation this morning is Yesterday's Tomorrow is Here Today. Yesterday's Tomorrow is Here Today. Does that make sense to you? Well, it's a truth that we've lived with since the beginning of time. I don't know how many of you thought about it. 28 years ago today, we held our first service here in this sanctuary, 24th of January, 1988. If you were at that service, I'd like you to stand to your feet if you were living here at that time. Wow, just a few. <laughs> time is changing well thinking about that title i had pictorial proof that yesterday's yesterday's today yesterday's tomorrow is here today in this 25th anniversary church book that we put together at our 25th anniversary held in 2000 we had a group of young people up here sitting around this pulpit here that we said are the future youth of 2000. And uh, that was 16, coming up this June, to be 16 years ago. Uh, In this picture I think it's Krista. I believe that might be Laurel. I'm not exactly sure. There's Jessica. Some of those are at Bible school. They're the youth group of today. And pictured of the youth of 2000 is uh, Delvin and Mary Jo and Danella and Yolanda and Carlin and Rachel and Rochelle and Rosanna, and uh, I was going. I did that on overhead. I was hoping to show that and call her to you, but uh, unfortunately, well, 16 years now. For those of you that are holding little ones on your lap this morning, if you want to fast forward that 16 years from today, for an awakening this morning, they're going to be the youth group 16 years down the road. Well, that's how. That's what happens with time, and. Uh, so I was I was reminiscing just a little bit about our congregation. Um, I thought about, uh, you know, I, I was thinking, how is Prairie doing? How are we doing as a church? And uh, I thought of the different reaches of the world that maybe some of our members have served in. Haiti, UAE, Guatemala, Paraguay, the Philippines, Belize. And there's perhaps others that I didn't think about. I thought about the disaster service at uh, our congregation is involved in. I thought of the teachers that are serving in various locations uh, or have served in various locations from South Carolina to Missouri to Montana and Wisconsin. I uh, thought about the Chicago street meetings and uh, the outreach that is there. And I thought of our local outreach as well uh, in this congregation. And that's one uh, dimension of our congregation, one fruit uh, that our congregation is bearing is the fact that we have been able to impact other areas of God's vineyard. And I think that's good, but is that, is that all our congregation is about? Uh, well, I think, it needs to, uh, I think it needs to be about more than that. It's about serving the Lord. It's about serving the Lord where God calls you. And it may not be in some far-flung area, but being faithful just right here in Blooming Prairie, Minnesota. Uh, change is inevitable. Members get older. Younger, younger members grew up and move into places of responsibility. Some move permanently to other areas of service in God's kingdom. And uh, I want to read Brother Arnie's two, the last two paragraphs that he wrote for that booklet in the history of the Prairie Mennonite Church. He said, through all these years, more than 20 families, this was back in 2000, through all these years, more than 20 families have lived here and contributed to the growth of this congregation. Some have moved on to serve the Lord in other places, but all have made positive influences here. Presently, there are only 13 families attending the prayer Church. The attendance is over 70 when we are all here. We are so thankful to the Lord who has led and directed in this work. The praise and credit must all go to him. We believe that the Lord has established and built this congregation and we are looking forward to many years to serve Him until He comes. And that's a challenge to uh, that was my brother Arnie, to think about that that we are faithfully serving God in, in His vineyard here today. What is it? and as I meditated on that, I, I asked myself the question, what is it that's going to give us a vision or a goal? And to prepare us to continue on, as Arnie suggested, that we continually serve the Lord faithfully until He returns. That's, that's our calling, and that's our, our commission as followers of Jesus Christ, that we, we continue to serve Him, uh, whether it's here or elsewhere. But uh, turn in your Bibles this morning to Philippians chapter 1. <coughs> Paul wrote this letter to the, the Christians at Philippi, but you know, he could have just as well written it to the Christians at prayer. The epistle of 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 Paul the Apostle to the Christians at prayer instead of Philippi. I have ten things here in this first chapter that I'd like to pick out that will serve to uh, give us focus and unity in serving the Lord and being faithful to Him. Ten things here. And... uh, the, the title at the heading of my in my Bible at the at the of chapter one here it says it says an exhortation to unity. And I believe it was Brother Ernest Whitmer also gave Philippians when he was here as, uh, as an evangelist a number of years back. He gave each one of these chapters a title, and chapter one he said singleness of mind. And uh, so as I was thinking about that, I thought you know this Philippians chapter one is there's ten things in that we need to have. Uh, a focus on. We need to be unified in. We're we're from various different backgrounds. We have different personalities, but yet there needs to be a core. Uh, there needs to be some core beliefs that we are unified in, and that's what's going to give us stability and strength to continue faithfully serving the Lord on into the future uh, until He returns. I'd like to read Philippians chapter one. Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus which are at Philippi, with the bishops and deacons, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you, all making requests with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing that he which hath begun a good work in you, will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Even as it is meet for me to think of this of you all because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my bonds and in defense and confirmation of the gospel, ye all are partakers of my grace. For God is my record, how greatly I long after you all in the bowels of Jesus Christ. And this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment that ye may approve things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. But I would ye should understand, brethren, that the things which happen unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel, so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places, and in all other places." And many of the brethren in the Lord waxing confident by my bonds are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ even of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. The one preach Christ of contention, not sincerely supposing to add affliction to my bonds, but the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. What then? Notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice." For I know that this shall turn to my salvation, through your. For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayers and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation and my hope. That in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness as always, even so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet. What I shall choose I would not, for I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. And having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you all for your furtherance and joy of faith, that your rejoicing may be more abundant in Jesus Christ for for me by my coming to you again. Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, "...that whether I come and see you, or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that ye stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel." And that's the key verse here, verse 27. "...one spirit, one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel, and in nothing terrified by your adversaries, which is to them an evident token of perdition, but to you of salvation and that of God. For unto you it is given in behalf of Christ not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake." Having the same conflict which ye saw in me, and now here to be and now here to be in me, ten things that I believe, ten core values that I believe unity is a vital ingredient for continued spiritual vitality and there's ten things here in this chapter that Paul wrote to the Philippians someone has suggested that. Probably the the Philippian church was one that was very close to the uh, Apostle Paul's heart. And reading his letter, it could could certainly be uh, deducted that way. seems like uh, he had a very, very close relationship with them and uh, some of the expressions he uses. The first one I want to pick out is that there was, in verse 3, it says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, Uh, remembrance and a thanks for each other. Uh, remembering what God has done in our lives collectively as a group, and uh, you know it's good to reminisce. It's good to remember, be reminded of of who we are. We're saved by grace, and we're fellow Christians striving to serve the Lord faithfully. Um, he says he he remembers them, and I, it served to unify them. In even though Paul was not with them, I believe he was with them in spirit, and. Uh, one of the questions that came to my mind as I asked those that were here 28 years ago to stand, you know, does size make a difference? Can we maintain that uh, closeness that we had when it was just five families? Uh, well, I think we can. I, I'm not sure what the magical number is that, that congregations lose their continuity, but uh, I'd like to think we can maintain that closeness. Uh, it, it has to work because of, of who we serve. Jesus Christ. And uh, it comes back to remembering. Uh, I will confess. I will confess. You know, when there was just five families, you know, you went home Sunday morning and you knew who was missing. There's times we go home today and we say, well, was well, so-and-so there today or not? And we have to scratch our head to say, well, you know, I'm not sure. Uh, just talking about closeness. Um, well, that doesn't mean we can't remember them. But uh, it's a challenge. And it's a challenge to me personally as a... As a member of the ministry team, to uh, you know, to get around and meet everybody. But I think that's a core value. As we remember who we are, we remember each other, and we're here to encourage each other. Uh, you know, we had a blessed time fellowshipping the Sunday School, hour, but and I trust we'll have a blessed time as we think, as we worship Father. The second thing that I see is that we need to pray for each other, and I think that was even mentioned in the Sunday School or the devotional maybe perhaps, always in verse 4, always in every prayer of mine for you, all making requests with joy. And uh, I believe praying for each other is is something that's going to maintain closeness in a brotherhood. Remembering, thinking about them, and then praying for them. How often do I pray for each of you as as a congregation by name? And, uh, you know, it's, it's a challenge. How often do I pray for you as a congregation. Thirdly, we need to express confidence in one another. And that's in verse 6. Paul says, Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. Uh, You know, it doesn't take... uh, You know, when when anyone uh, partners with God, there will be success. And I believe that's what Paul is saying. He says, I'm confident that God can work in your life, through your experiences, for his glory. And he's giving them that confidence that God will work that out in their lives. Uh, Not because of who we are, but because of who God is. God has the ability to transform lives. We don't have that ability. Our church here does not have that ability. It's because of who we worship. It's because of who God is that we offer that transforming power. And uh, we need to express that confidence that in each other that God will work His perfect will in our lives and through our experiences. Verse 7, number 4, Paul, uh, Paul says, uh, even, as it, even as it is meet for me to give this of you all, because I have you in my heart, Inasmuch as both in my bonds and in the defense and the confirmation of the gospel, ye are all partakers of my grace. And uh, Paul here is saying that he has them in his heart. And I guess that, to me, that tells me of the closeness of the relationship that he had. He was saying, you're closer to me. Uh, you're in my heart. You're, you're in my thoughts. You're in my prayers. Now he comes at one step deeper. He says, you're in my heart. Uh, do I have prairie congregation in my heart this morning? Is my heart here to you as a congregation? It needs to be. It has to be. Um, he mentions the, Paul mentions the idea of bonds, uh, being in bonds. You know, if I were in bonds, if I were in prison because of my faith in Jesus Christ, would that affect my relationship to you? If, if anything, I think Paul's saying it's, it's, it's drawing me closer to you as a congregation. It's drawing me closer to you in my relationship. He said it's really immaterial that I'm not there, whether I'm in bonds. But he says it's a confirmation of the gospel that ye, we are partakers of his grace together. And that's my, uh, my fifth point is the fact that we are standing for the truth of the gospel and it, we're united together in God's grace. We are partakers together of God's grace. Uh, By grace are ye saved. And uh, together we are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are recipients and uh, partakers of that grace. And Paul says that's a a core vital uh, reason to be united together. Because of our belief, our acceptance of God's grace. sixth one is our love for the gospel message will unite us in Christ. For God is my record, how greatly I long after you, all in the bowels of Jesus Christ. And this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. Um, I forgot to write the verse down here where I I pulled that one out. Verses uh, 8 and 9. Thank you. For God is my record, how greatly I long after you in the bowels. And that's what I just read. And this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. That's our purpose for being here this morning, that we, we grow in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we we share it in the Sunday school lesson, we shared in the devotional, we share here in the message from Philippians chapter 3, that our knowledge would be increased in who Jesus is, and we know better how to live, how to serve Him. Our love for the gospel message should unite us. That should be a uniting purpose for me being a part of Prairie Mennonite Church this morning. It's, it's, it's what we think of the book. It's what we think of the Bible. It's, it's what determines our uh, our conduct. It's what determines our outlook on life. Verses 12 through 19. That's our love for the gospel. Then Paul says in verses twelve through nineteen it's uh, our task of preaching, the, our task of preaching the gospel, will unite us. And i was challenged with that. You know, you don't need a pulpit to to be a preacher. That's the last tool you need, really. Uh, we ought to be preachers as we walk throughout our communities, and that ties back to our Sunday school lesson, I believe. Uh, people ought to see who Jesus is by who I am, who you are this morning. Uh, Every, every one of us are need to be preachers of the truth of God's Word as we live in our respective communities. I thought it was interesting. The Apostle Paul here, he, he mentions there, uh, he says, "...many of the brethren of the Lord are waxing confident by my bonds and are much more bold to speak the word without fear." He said, "...my being in bonds has given them confidence." But then he also goes on. I, th- I thought it was interesting. He said, "...some indeed preach Christ even of envy and strife, and some of good will." says, one even preached Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposing to add to my affliction. Paul really doesn't call him down for those ulterior motives. (laughs) I I thought that was fascinating. But he says, the fact that the gospel is being preached, he says, I'm going to rejoice in that. And he's letting God be the judge of those that are preaching and spreading the gospel with ulterior motives in mind. And he says, let's be united in our task of preaching the gospel. And again... If Christ be preached in verse 18, he says, let's rejoice about it uh, and not get distracted by the judgmental purposes of whether someone's doing it right or out of a right motive. So, number eight was our task of preaching the gospel. Number nine, our total abandonment of self and life, and that's in verses 20 through 26. And those are familiar verses that the Apostle Paul shares here. He says, according to my earnest. Expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness is always so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or death. I see a total abandonment of of, of by the apostle Paul of life and death. He says it's immaterial to me whether I am I'm, I'm I'm a vessel of God chosen to give up this physical life for His glory. That's in His hands, and he says it's it's. To me for me to uh, verse 21 for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. is that the vision that I have is that the purpose I have this morning as I serve here in, in the community in prayer Mennonite church really it doesn't matter whether I live or die I value life I think it's important and uh, it's precious to me but on the other hand I think we need to be ready to sacrifice that for the cause of Jesus Christ and that can serve as as an enhancing unifier Unifier in a congregation, I believe, when, when there's total disabanment of self. And that doesn't come easy. I know that because I have a carnal nature too. And that carnal nature needs to be crucified. The Apostle Paul said he needed to do it daily. I need to die daily. And I wasn't talking necessarily about the physical death, but I believe it was about his own, his own aspirations, his own goals sometimes. And I need to do that as well. And God calls each one of us in His congregation to die daily to self. Well, the 10th point is in verses 27 through 30. Paul says, one mind striving together. And that is that we have a common enemy. That should serve as a unifying uh, tool in our fellowship here this morning. Verse 28, And in nothing terrified by your adversaries, which is to them an evident token of perdition, but to you of the salvation and that of God. For unto you is given in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake. So he may call us to suffer. And that can actually be another one that God calls us to suffer uh, together. We will be unified. You know, I, I thought about the, uh, you know, sometimes we think of unity, we think of perfect harmony. And I think that's true. But I thought of the United States of America. You know, there's the individual states. They vary geographically. Climate you know, from the south to the north. And, uh, you know, even within, within each state, there's, there's different laws, perhaps. But yet there's core values in this Constitution that we know as of, of the United States of America that each state has to adhere to. And if, each, if, if a certain state would decide to, to circumvent those core values, they come in violation of the federal government. And uh, some people think that's good. Some people think that's bad. But I, I believe there's, in some ways, it typifies the unity that we can have in in Christ in a limited way. In the fact that we are different people, we do have diversity uh, of gifts. But yet there are core values that ought to be holding us together. And uh, I was going to conclude my my sermon this morning by singing the uh, the song that Arnie had written for our uh, our anniversary and I don't suppose there's that many number there's not is there are there some in the songbook racks yet come to the little white church come to the church in the prayer I, there's maybe a few out there I don't know if there's enough to sing it or not anyway finding any Nobody. I had it on an overhead, but I'm not going to be able to show it, so I thought we could sing it. But uh, It's to the tune of The Little Brown Church in the Vale. And as I, I pulled that song out as I was, after I was done preparing my sermon here, and I thought, you know, I, I suppose Arnie probably could have read Philippians chapter 1 before he wrote that song. I don't know, because all of my points were actually portrayed in that little uh, song that he wrote for that. I'm going to read through it. There's a church on the prairie by the river. That winds through the farms and the plain. It is here where we learn of the Savior who relieves every burden and pain. Of course, we we'll come to the church in the prairie, this little white church of the plain. Come and worship our Heavenly Father as you join in our joyful, our joyful refrain. Verse 2. It is here on a bright Sunday morning that we offer our praise and our song. Where the Bible is preached and the message is of love everlasting and strong. Verse 3. We welcome our friends to the prairie as we think of the days that are gone, and we look to the Lord for the future and remember this day with a song. Verse 4, as you leave to go home in the morning, remember us all here in prayer, for we need your prayer as we labor in this little white church that's so fair. Oh, come to the church in the prairie, this little white church in the plain, come and worship our Heavenly Father as you join in our joyful refrain. As I looked at my ten points here, I, I saw them all... He talks about in verse 4 there, remember us all in prayer. Sounds like Philippians chapter 1, doesn't it? Remember us in prayer. He's talking about remembering the Philippians. And point 2 is in uh, the, uh, the idea of remembrance and then also in prayer. And in verse uh, number 3, which we welcome our friends uh, to the prayer as we think of the days that are gone. And, uh, and we look to the Lord for the future and remember this day with the song. The idea of having confidence to invite others in is what I saw there in, in that third verse, or fourth verse, rather. third verse rather. And then number four, it is here where we learned of the Savior and the idea of, of uh, who Jesus is. And, uh, and verse five, or uh, the fifth, fourth stance in verse one, who relieves every burden and pain. And then number six, where then number six and eight would be together, where the Bible was preached, our love for the message, where the Bible was preached in the message, and verse and number seven is of love everlasting and strong, and number eight is I did that. Number nine was uh, come and worship our heavenly Father as you join in our joyful refrain, and I mentioned that verse ten for we need your prayer as we labor. And uh, so I thought as I looked at those ten points, they're actually in that song that Arnie had written for our uh, our anniversary. But the challenge I want to leave with you this morning is the fact that, you know, what is it that's going to unify us in the coming years ahead? Will we be faithful as we face the future? And uh, may those ten points that we see in Philippians chapter 4 this morning that of remembrance and thanks, and that of praying for each other, that, ex- that of expressing confidence in one another, and uh, having prayer in my heart. Do I, do I value church? Standing for the truth of the gospel uh, and being a, particip- being a uh, recipient of God's grace. Uh, our love for the gospel message, will that serve? Will that draw me here, back to this church? And then our love for Christ and our task of preaching the gospel whether it's from this pulpit or in our communities, and a total abandonment of self. Am I willing to sacrifice myself, interests, and goals for the, the uh, unification of the brotherhood? And that of serving with one mind and striving together and uh, keeping, having that common enemy and serving God together faithfully. May God help us to uh, experience that unity that we have in, in Jesus Christ that's talked about as Paul wrote to the Philippians this morning.